Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. A wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. And by Stone Bank, a community bank supporting entrepreneurs and farmers nationwide with loans guaranteed by the USDA, SBA, and Farm Services Agency. Learn more at StoneBank.com. And the Arkansas Arts Council, empowering the arts for the benefit of all Arkansans. On the web at ArkansasArts.org. <laughs> Howdy, folks. This is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week's show is a special one because we'll be showcasing a host of mountain and hammered dulcimer national champions. We'll be hearing masters of the dulcimer playing tunes from Old Joe Clark to Purple Rain. Also on this week's From the Vault segment, Mark Jones has dug up a recording of the man who brought the mountain dulcimer back from obscurity. We'll also hear from guest host Aubrey Atwater about her memories of the great Gene Ritchie. All that and more this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. For over 35 years, the Ozark Folk Center State Park has hosted the annual Dulcimer Jamboree. The annual event takes place in mid-April and features three days of specialized instruction and performances from the country's top mountain and hammered dulcimer players. The mountain dulcimer remains one of the more popular folk instruments today. Its celebration in the Mountain View, Arkansas area as a core folk instrument has never waned over the years, with an active community of players and instrument makers. Let's start this show off with some fine dulcimer playing and some explanation of the instruments by Jeff Hames and Tall Glazener. Folk Center, hey, it's sure fun to be here again. 
pretty much what I would say is kind of think of a lap guitar as far as that is concerned, as far as like an acoustic box. It's basically just a straight hollow box with strings wrapped across the top of it. Um, lay it flat in your lap, diatonic scale, basically think of the white keys on the piano. Take all the black keys off, there's your fretboard, there's your scale. Um, that's pretty much all there really is to it, is that's what I would describe it as, and uh, go from there as far as you don't really have to read actual music to follow uh, tablature. Everything's numbered out. Each fret has its own individual number, one, two, three, four, five, and go from there, and that's how I started playing. I started playing when I was nine. My grandparents got me involved in their little group, which was the CMDA, which is where I met Toll. I think nine or 10 years old, bought his waltz book, and that's where I learned Spanish Fandango out Oh, you're of. the one. Yeah, I'm the one, <laughs> I'm the one, yeah. And uh, I went from there, and uh, pretty much my approach to the instrument was uh, was that way. I wanted to play guitar, but at that time, I couldn't couldn't reach my hands across the, the neck. The dulcimer was just very simple. But yeah, as far as just a simple description, just think of a, a solid hollow box, strings wrapped across the top.
it has its history is that it's related to a number of instruments, uh, uh, Western European instruments. Uh, Jeff described it as a hollow body box with strings that run the whole length of the sound box. That family of instruments is called zither. Mm -hmm. Any instrument that's built that way is called a zither, a zither. So the Germans have an instrument called the Scheitholt, which is very similar to a dulcimer. You just string the, the strings across there, uh, the whole length of the, uh, of the instrument. There's not a separate neck, like a guitar or a mandolin. There's not a neck on it. Um, and then the French have an instrument called an epinette, which is also designed the same way, also as if there, there's instruments in the Scandinavian regions that uh, are designed the same way. So the, so the immigrants that came to this country uh, first settled in the Appalachians, and they brought their memories of those instruments with them. And then because they didn't necessarily have all of the tools to make sophisticated instruments, they sort of simplified it. And so they cut down the number of strings, uh, the number of frets, they just used whatever they had at hand to make those original instruments, and it kind of evolved into this three-string diatonic version of a zither that, uh, that was related to these, other, uh, to these other instruments that the Europeans had brought.
other instrument that it's that it's related to is a concert zither, a German concert zither, zither which has anywhere from 36 to 72 strings on it. You know, they wanted to simplify things back in the mountains, and, and both in terms of building and in terms of playing, but they just had that same idea. Now, all of those uh, zither-type instruments, almost all of them have uh, sympathetic vibrating strings, and so you don't actually fret all of them. You just kind of, the ones closest to you, they have like a separate little fretboard, and you fret those and strum those, and then the other ones are kind of sympathetic vibration strings. And so even though they have that number of strings, you're not strumming all of them or fretting all of them. They kind of set them up as drone strings like the dulcimer drone. So the original dulcimer, the frets did not go all the way across the fretboard. They had them only under the melody string. And they wanted those other uh, strings just to drone open. And that's the traditional way to play the instrument. Kind of like the drone of bagpipe. Would you exactly. You've been listening to some fine tunes recorded on our stage at the 2016 Dulcimer Gathering. We heard Rick Thumb play a medley of John Stinson's Number no. 2 and Hangman's Reel, followed by four tunes played by Tull Glasner, Moon River and Rainbow Connection, followed by Pig Ankle Rag and the Dill Pickle Rag. The set ended with Jeff Hames on Hammer Dulcimer and Jess Dickinson on Mountain Dulcimer playing the classic old gospel tune, I'll Fly Away. We'll take a short break, then I think I'll visit my old pal Mark Jones down in the vault. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio.
Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Usually at this portion of the show, I like to take a trip down into the vaults under the Folk Center to see what our resident music expert Mark Jones has come up with for this week's segment of Down in the Vaults. Hey, Mark, how you doing today? Dave, I'm doing good. Good. How are you? I'm fine. You know, I was thinking about a, a fellow who uh, had a business here in Mountain View for years and years and, and uh, built a lot of musical instruments and was just a great guy, and that is Lynn McSpadden. You remember Lynn? I sure do. You know, and I pass by that business every day on the way to work. Look over and see McSpadden's dulcimer shop. That's right. It's been in business, I think, since uh, about the mid 19 70s, hasn't it? It sure has. I wonder how many dulcimers have come through the doors of that building. Oh, thousands and thousands, and I know they've shipped them worldwide. I, they, For many years, they were really the only commercial dulcimer shop in the United States. I know Lynn has probably boosted the awareness of mountain dulcimers, lap dulcimers, and uh, he's done so much to make those instruments be well-known all over the country, all over the world. Yeah, and uh, he and his wife, Mary Catherine, used to perform together, didn't they? They sure did. Dave, I'd like to share this with you. It was a recording that I found of Lynn and Mary Catherine, and they recorded this at the Folk Center. They come up here and played quite often. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. What is it, Mark? What have you got? Dave, this is Castle Grand. It's an old ballad, isn't it, Castle Grand? It is. And this will be an instrumental version played on two dulcimers, Castle Grand.
Thanks, Mark. That's a great tune. It's really nice to hear that clear dulcimer ringing out. I'm sure those are two Max Spadden dulcimers, and if y'all want them, the place is still open just down the road here. I remember also that uh, Lynn did a lot of great guitar work and built some beautiful guitars after he had uh, sold his business and had retired to the home. That's true. Lynn was quite an instrument maker. He made guitars, banjos. Some of the old banjos that's played around here are Max Spadden. I took my guitar to him one time because I had uh, played so much I'd worn holes in the fingerboard and I couldn't really afford a new piece of ebony so he mixed uh, super glue and ebony dust and filled the grooves and it's still that way today. I bet it sounds good too. Thanks a lot, Mark. We'll see you next week. Good afternoon, Dave. Now let's get back to some music from the dulcimer jamboree. With origins dating back to biblical times, the hammered dulcimer is a unique instrument in the percussion family. Like the mountain dulcimer, it found a home in the Ozark region among folk musicians and instrument makers alike. Nowadays, some of the finest players are using the dulcimer to interpret music both old and new. Just listen to these tunes and you'll see what I mean.
both. I mean, I, I think uh, the traditional way, if you, if, you watch, if you see a lot of old photographs of old uh, traditional dulcimer players, they, you know, would use like a feather quill, mm -hmm. uh, turkey, turkey quill, quill, turkey turkey quill. quill. As to, to strum the strings, and then a, a noter or a stick of wood to, to do the, the uh, fretting instead of their fingers up there. And then over time, they just started using picks like guitar players did. They kind of saw that, and it was, a, you know, it made sense to kind of translate that another stringed instrument. It was easy to build, it was easy to learn how to play. It had, as Jeff was mentioning, has just the notes in the scale of whatever you're tuned to, so you don't have a, a lot of sharps and flats, which for old time, you know, traditional music, that's all the notes that you need. Um, you know, if you wanted to start playing more contemporary music and wanted to add chords, that's when the instrument evolved and they started putting frets all the way across so that you could start doing full chords. Until that, it was stri uh, pretty strictly drone-style playing. I always kind of credit Gene Ritchie yeah, as, the, as the person uh, most uh, most responsible for saving the instrument from extinction, I right. think. She kind of brought it out of the hills of eastern Kentucky uh, and uh, in, onto the main stage in the New York City folk music scene back in the 60s or 50s even back then. And, uh, she, you know, she grew up listening to that music and playing mountain dulcimer. And so when she started performing in Carnegie Hall with the big folk music uh, uh, folks, she brought her dulcimer with her and folks were just entranced with it. And people all of a sudden heard this instrument they'd never seen or heard one before, most of them, and generate a lot of interest. And she continued that for over 60 years in her career of performing with the dulcimer. Deborah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, in including one of the people she inspired was Joni Mitchell. And of course, when we first started hearing the dulcimer on the radio, it was on Joni Mitchell Records. Thank you. 
one traditional and three very non-traditional songs played on the dulcimer. Day Tripper and Sweet Child of Mine, played by Jeff Hames, Be Thou My Vision, played by Judd Steinbeck, and The Eagles' Hotel California, played by Ted Yoder. We'll hear more good dulcimer music later in the show, but after this break, we'll visit with our friend Aubrey Atwater about the woman who brought the mountain dulcimer to the folk revival, Gene Ritchie. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Singer, musician, and step dancer Aubrey Atwater makes her home in Rhode Island and knows more about folk music than anyone I know. Here's Aubrey. Jean Ritchie was often referred to as the mother of folk music. She was born in 1922, and she was the youngest of 14 in a family they called the Singing Family of the Cumberlands. And she was one of those individuals in a folk singing family that had an absolute passion for learning the songs of her ancestors. And in this case, the ancestors there in eastern Kentucky were very much like they are here in the Ozark Mountains. Jean was born in Viper, Kentucky, in Perry County, Kentucky. And in her lifetime, she gathered from relatives about 300 songs and games, ballads, dances, little ditties from her relatives and other sources in her community. A, a beautiful example of a Ritchie family song. It's an old song from Scots-Irish roots, from North Ireland, most likely, or Scotland, and it's called Pretty Sarrow. And it's a typical theme in traditional folk music where the young man who's in love with the young woman is too low in social status. He's too poor, he's too uneducated, he's from a different family background to be an appropriate husband for the woman he loves. And so he can't be with her, he can't marry her. And in this case, the theory is, is that he was an indentured servant, which made it even worse. Um, and so he pines and pines and pines all of his life, all for the love of Pretty Sarrow. Down in some lone valley In a lonesome place Where the wild birds do whistle And their notes do Freeholder who owns house and 
That was Pretty Sarrow by Jean Ritchie, and that is a traditional song from the Ritchie family. You could hear her playing the mountain dulcimer. Jean had a master's degree in social work, and she went to work in the late 40s at the Henry Street Settlement School in New York City. And that was when she brought a Jethro Ambergie dulcimer, a dulcimer that was made in Hindman, Kentucky. She brought a dulcimer to New York City. She went to New York right at the right time. That was during that burgeoning folk revival. And people started to learn more and more about the dulcimer because of her. And Jean is single-handedly credited with introducing the dulcimer to the wider folk world. So Pretty Sarrow, the song you just heard, is a beautiful example of that simple old style of playing the dulcimer with a stick that you call the noter and an open tuning, and you just gently strum. And I'll dream of Pretty Sarrow Thanks, Aubrey. Once I heard Mountain Dulcimer champion Rick Thumb say that every April when we host the Dulcimer Jamboree here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park, it's like a big family reunion, except that everybody likes each other. Since players come from all across the country, many of them only see each other once a year here in Mountain View, and some great spontaneous pickings break out. We're always happy when California Dulcimer wild man Bing Futch shows up. Here are three pieces by Bing, ending with a tribute to Prince, who passed away just before the Dulcimer Jamboree. I carry on on one condition That every day I know it's never too late That every day I know it's never too late That every day I know it's never too late That every day I know it's never too So a friend of mine giving me a dulcimer, you know, just thinking, well, you know, you play other instruments you'd probably like, because I'd never seen or heard one before. I looked at it, it looked like half the strings were missing and half the frets were missing, and I said, thank you very much, and I stuck it in the closet and just didn't touch it. I thought it was just a toy. I said, you can't make real music on this thing. And then there's a, a fairly good-sized club in Indianapolis, a dulcimer club. And uh, every year they put on a festival in the local city park. And I just happened to be riding my bike in the park uh, that one weekend when that was going on. I saw all these people at the amphitheater. I went over to see what was going on. There's a bunch of people walking around with these instruments that look like the one that I had. And uh, they used to invite uh, guest artists every year to do concerts and workshops. 
And on the stage, when I happened to ride by, my bike was David Schnaufer. And he was playing classical music. He was playing Bach minuets. And then he was playing rock and roll. And then he was playing Beach Boys. And then he was playing, you know, old country <laughs> stuff. And my jaw just dropped on the ground. And I said, OK, it's not just a toy. You really can make some music with this thing. So I went home and dug the thing out of my closet. And, and uh, uh, there was a, a woman that was part of that dulcimer club that was giving beginning dulcimer lessons. And so I took those for six weeks. And, and, uh, and then I heard that uh, there were these things called dulcimer festivals around. My old hen, she's a good old hen. She lays eggs for the railroad men. Sometimes eight, sometimes ten. Always enough for the railroad men. Cluck, old hen, cluck and sing. You ain't laid an egg since late last spring. Cluck, old hen, cluck and call. You ain't laid an egg since late last fall.
that it is. is. It is a real dichotomy. You know, it has the reputation for being the last best hope for the musically challenged, and there's yeah. a good reason for that. Because when you start, it you can it'll start wherever you are musically, mm -hmm. and if mm -hmm. you wanted if you want to do the one string drone style. That is wonderful music, and you go. There are competitions in in Gatelax, Virginia. That that is what everybody plays, the traditional style, and it is just the most wonderful thing that you will hear. It just there's something about those vibrations that just kind of grab you in your soul, and and then. But that's not the only style you can play with the instrument. Mm -hmm. And so when you want to, if you wanted to play more contemporary music, there's ways to do that. Um, yeah, and it there are there are limitations, maybe not limitations, but there's there's just different ways that you have to approach it. And David was a big proponent of, you know, whatever anybody wanted to do on the instrument, he was he was supportive of it. If it know? would inspire them to play, right, yeah. he'd help them find the way. Yeah. Speaking of losing people, it's been a tough year for that. Merle Haggard, Glenn Fry, David Bowie, and this guy. Never meant to cause you any sorrow. Never meant to cause you any pain.
Chris Booth, you put your hands up in the air. Wave them back and forth. That set featured dulcimer great Bing Futch playing Never Too Late and Cluck Old Hen. And we ended that set with Bing's tribute to the late musician Prince. On Purple Rain, Bing was accompanied by Grace Stormont, Rick Thumb, Judson Steinbeck, Larry Dalton, Barb Dalton, and Eilis Mears. I hope you enjoyed this week's All Dulcimer Show. For more information about our show and to listen to past shows, visit us on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. For all of us here at Ozark Highlands Radio, I'm Dave Smith. See you next week. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from Arkansas State Parks, a division of the Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. On the web at ArkansasStateParks.com. The Committee of 100 proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974 and by Stone Bank with roots in Mountain View, Arkansas. Stone Bank is a proud supporter of heritage musicians and small towns across America with government-guaranteed loans for farmers, entrepreneurs, and communities. More information available at StoneBank.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.